The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. Welcome back, everyone, to the Foreplay Goes South podcast. I'm your host, Metanoia, and I'm excited to bring you the first episode of year two, season two of the podcast. So I took a couple months off from producing these episodes so that I could recharge a little and also research some new ideas. I have some really exciting things that I want to explore in 2023, but first, I want to introduce a new element to this podcast. For the first year, I've brought my listeners the recordings from my monthly live events, but I know there's more people out there with a story to tell. So I want to open up opportunities for others to have their stories recorded virtually. If you want to tell your story yet you can't make it to a live event, check out the link in the show notes for details on how to book a virtual story recording session. All right, let's get on with the good stuff. Our first storyteller, Bo, is doctor prescribed some self-exploration. But first, let's hear a few lines from poet LKP. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, I have two short, soft, erotic poems for you all tonight. This first one is called Riptide. And it's only eight lines. My hips upon your waist cascade like waves. Each time I rise, a new tidal creates. Engulfed in the shore, beckoning explosion, I grip onto the sand and I release an ocean. embarrassing day I ever had. So please forgive my shaking knees and my shaking voice and my lame, lame writing skills at this point in my life. I entitled this ingeniously, All Things Awkward. I am an awkward person. In fact, I kind of suck at being human. Walls appear out of nowhere, floors develop invisible obstacles, and my brain doesn't always tell my mouth when it's time to stay shut. Still true. Loud noises make me jump, and humans make me nervous. 
that's why I prefer dogs, but that's beside the point. So it's safe to say I'm an awkward person and I acknowledge this fact. And I've learned the only way to handle this is to laugh at myself constantly, loudly, and unabashedly. I embrace my embarrassment and wear it like a cape, cocooning myself in the cushions of self-deprecation and sarcasm. So what happens when you put an awkward person in an awkward situation? You reach a whole new realm of awkwardness. This fantastically insane level that I think God must have been having a jolly good time watching this play out. This was back when I was religious. <laughs> what awkward situation, one might ask. An entire fucking day. I am here to tell you that going to the gynecologist isn't for the faint of heart. In an earlier post, I had mentioned having a new, new IUD, and for those of you wondering what IUD stands for in pre-TikTok era, it means intrauterine device. That means it goes inside the uterus. Segway. Gynecologist wouldn't give it to me until I lost my virginity, which is why this post happened. Um, sweet mother of God, did that hurt like a son of a bitch going in. I shall spare you the gory details of the process, and simply put, it is feeling an immense pressure and severe pain, and that absolutely no one deserves to feel. Skipping, skipping, skipping. On the day that it was implanted, I cursed my poor doctor to the depths of Hades. I promised myself I'd make that nurse cry too for talking me into this. I implored God to open a hole in the earth and swallow me up. After the procedure, I gathered my scattered wits, picked up the pieces that were left of my pride, and limped my way out to the car. No amount of drugs could have helped me. Lord knows the amount I'd taken should have worked some small miracle. You'd think two hydrocodone and two Xanaxes would have helped even a little bit? No, not even close. Today was an implant day, though. I had the procedure a little over a month ago. Today was a checkup. The only reason I went to the appointment was because I held on tight to the knowledge that this would be it for five years. I won't have to worry about it again for five fucking years. The checkup goes as planned. IUD is in place. No big deal. Trim the strings a bit so they quit poking me. Yes, they poked me down there. Then the doctor asked me if I have any questions, and me being the extremely awkward person I am, with no brain-to-mouth filter, I asked the doctor if it's normal for me to always hurt during intercourse. He asked me a few questions on when it hurts, where it hurts, if different positions make it better. He then determines that I just have overactive muscles down there. Now you have to understand, my doctor is a male in his mid to late 40s who is basically a very reserved geek. So he looks at me and tells me in no uncertain terms that the best way to fix this problem is to masturbate. Did he really just say that? So to me, being the awkward human I am, I ask him, is it obvious that I don't use it that much? Like, are there cobwebs running down there? By this point, we both have turned all shades of red on the color spectrum, and the nurse bursts into laughter, and I follow suit, and suddenly the matter passes, and I feel better. After my appointment with my now slightly amused gynecologist, I have an appointment with my therapist because I double up on appointments because I'm a boss. <laughs> my mother had recently started attending my sessions with me. Cringe, I know. Um, yeah, you know, it's fine. Um, and the session's rolling along, and she randomly decides to wrap me out. Um, I'm a former self-armor, and this was in a time when I had relapsed. And my family didn't get it. Um, my th therapist put it perfectly, and she said, I'm paraphrasing here, that cutting releases a chemical reaction in the brain not unlike that of an orgasm that it's an outlet and a source of relief when someone is too overwhelmed. She then said I should replace cutting with masturbating. <laughs> so that's an, a healthy reaction, to, or action to reaction. So within five hours of each other, I had two different doctors tell me I should masturbate. Excuse me while I go crawl under a rock. <laughs> Who the hell has shit like this happen to them? 21, just, just pop the cherry, you know? And within a month, two doctors. 
within five hours. Tell me to masturbate. So my lesson today was, well that day was that I needed to start masturbating. Now, eight years later, let me just say, they were right. <laughs> That was Bo, who knocked her foreplay ghost style stage debut out of the park. Let's follow that up with Ali Lama, who gets caught in a compromising position. Oh, please be so kind. Well, hi everyone, Ali. Um, I guess mine's kind of going in a little bit of a theme we've had this evening. So we're gonna start the summer before my ninth grade year, and it was, um, it was summer theater. It was West Side Story. It was Tony Maria. Star-crossed lovers, a little spin-off of Romeo and Juliet. I was in the orchestra, poorly playing the score. And there was this little short mop named Scott, who was amongst the uh, chorus. And we had quite the chaste romance. <laughs> but I was head over heels and I, uh, I, I, I made him special poems and we talked about how special we were to each other. And then summer theater was over and I was on to ninth grade and he was going to a different school and so long, short little Scott. I'll mention right now that I was this height when I was in eighth grade and going into ninth grade. And he was not. Um, so we're gonna fast forward a couple of summers. Now, Mr. Mr. Scott lived just, just shy of a mile away from me. Down the road, over across the street, probably not even a mile. We ran into each other again in the summer because summer loving had me uh, last. Scott grew the F up. This is where I'm gonna start calling Scott Chris because he looks like Chris O'Donnell. Swear to God. People, this was the mid 90s. Chris O'Donnell was fucking hot. He had shut up. He had slimmed down. He was running cross country. He was a prep school boy that my parents would like. So what did I do? In my burgeoning sluttiness, started hooking up with him in the woods next to the uh, elementary school that was in between our houses. I was anxious to pop my cherry. And I was, I was of the opinion that I needed to manufacture these circumstances. So every guy I dated, I tried to manufacture a circumstance that would lead to this because I wanted to get it over with. I knew I was going to go on to bigger and better sluttiness and let's just start the game right now. So every Friday, my parents would leave the abode and they would go over to their best friend's house where they would cook dinner and drink copious amounts of alcohol and then deny being hung over the next day. So I invited Scott over. Come on over, buddy. Let's uh, hang while my parents are uh, out of the house. 
So one thing led to another, and eventually we were horizontal and making out like fiends. His hand was under his hand was under my shirt. He was groping breasts. I was really hoping things would hurry up because god damn it, it was almost 10 o'clock and my parents would be home by 11. But I knew I could stop whatever was happening because I would hear the garage door open. And I could just conveniently slip Scott out the front, run up to my bedroom, be none the wiser. And then I looked up for a moment and saw my parents coming through the deck, passing by the big sliding glass doors. With Scott on top of me and his gropey hands up my shirt. So immediately, I jump up and I run the fuck upstairs. <laughs> and I was devastated. And there was yelling and there was strife and there was all this chaotic business and my dad told me, respect yourself. Because that was his big sex talk. And we never spoke of the incident. For years. Because my parents, though Jewish, are really waspy. They don't like to talk about things. So... We're going to fast forward to 2021. I've got a Facebook message. And oh my God, it's Scott. And he says, howdy, as if 25, 30 years hadn't passed. And I say, how do, chicken? How are the littles? And he said, great. I had to reach out to you because I had a dream last night. <laughs> and you should know I have this recurring dream. And I have for the past 25 to 30 years. And it's me standing with your father <laughs> in the foyer of their house, waiting for my parents to pack me up, pick me up, and I have a raging heart on. Your father never said a word. He doesn't say a word in my dreams. I'm just left there with my heart on and your father. After which I immediately picked up the phone and called my parents to tell them. So that was the first, only, and best time I was caught doing naughty, salacious things in front of my parents. And God bless Scott and all of his bad dreams. Our next storyteller is Mario, another first-timer with a story of his own first experience. But first, let's hear a few more lines from LKP. My second poem is called Necktie. Also only eight lines. 
I've reached a new low. I envy a piece of clothing. I'm not jealous of its beauty, but the treasure that it's holding. It rests beneath the apple where my kisses love to dance. I prefer its other purpose, making love with no hands. Oh my God, this is my first time here. Um, my friends uh, invited me to come here and uh, I'm kind of confused, so they just told me to, you know, just be truthful. So um, I was like, what is this, like an AAA for like sex or something? I so um, I'm going to be truthful, you know, okay? So um, I'm going to talk about the first time that I jacked off. Yeah, I'm super nervous. Um, the first time that I jacked off, I was really young. Um, I was about, I was staying with my parents. I was about 24 years old. So I was staying with my parents and my friends, they used to pick on me all the time. They'd be like, you get some pussy yet? And I'd be like, of course. And they would be like, um, you lying, so what did it feel like? And I'd be like, um, I don't know, I'm lying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I said, fuck it, I'm just gonna make a pussy. <laughs> so I took a rubber glove, latex glove, I had to use protection, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I had three rubber bands and two popsicle sticks. And, um, so, um, you know, I was about to do my thing. And then, um, so I went, and my, my mom, and she's really religious, really religious person, really nice person, don't do anything, you know. And my dad works all the time, so when they was gone, I walked around the house naked. So I went to the bathroom and I was like, cause you know, it was dry, you know, so I needed some lubricant. So I went to the bathroom to get some more stuff and my mom came home. She was supposed to be at choir practice, but she came, <laughs> she came home and um, so I was stuck in the bathroom and there wasn't no towel, there wasn't no clothes, nothing. So I was stuck in the bathroom. Listen, I was nervous as hell. I was like, I mean, I was like Eminem nervous. I was like, palms are sweaty. <laughs> I only got one shot to get across the room. So, um, <laughs> so I went, I ran across the room. My mom said, I'm like, boy, and then, but anyway, I shut the door. Seriously, <laughs> I shut the door, locked it. I had everything I needed to do. I had everything. I had my jet magazine. <laughs> this I'm old, so this is back in the day. Um, I had my jet magazine. I what did I have? I, I had my yearbook. <laughs> Y'all know I'm not lying, right? I had my yearbook and my. Um, you know, the teacher staff section. 
thinking about all the teachers I should have banged. And I was ready. I waited about five minutes. Things got quiet. And I was just like, okay, cool. She done went back to choir practice. Boom. Um, so, you know, I took everything that I had and I, you know, I poured everything in my little glove. Stuck it in. Y'all laughing, but y'all did this shit. <laughs> um, so I was ready. And I screamed loud as hell. I was like, mm. <laughs> And then, <laughs> Listen, this is a true story. I don't lie. I'm not telling jokes. <laughs> My mom, she a Christian woman. <laughs> My mom kicked the door down and said, <laughs> She said, Who the fuck used all my goddamn lotion? In this last story, Ms. Caitlin James is alive and awake and in action. My name is Ms. Caitlin James. Ms. James, if you're nasty. So that didn't come naturally. Here's what I want you all to get. I am a 52-year-old woman who feels fat and old. Now, where I am now, completely different human being. I'm coming all out to y'all tonight. So there I am in my bed, naked, post-coital. Happy, satisfied, and ready for the next round. And I'm there with my man Josh, who is sexy as fuck, and younger than me. And we're in that phase, you know, where you're just kind of like talking about stuff and fantasizing, just taking a break to wait for him to get roaring again, because I'm still revving. You know, I got to wait for him to catch up, so we're chatting. <laughs> And he says to me, if you were a porn star, what would your name be? I was like, are you kidding me? That's like the oldest, stupidest thing ever. Oh, I don't know. I would be like Sex Kitten, or I would be like Jade Sexy. Like, who knows, right? Like, random names. And then, blam! I would be Miss Catlin James. <laughs> and y'all, I got to tell you, it was like coming home. I settled in to who I am. And it was amazing. And he says to me, who's Catelyn James? Tell me who she is. Oh, she's a cougar, baby. <laughs> she is a cougar. You got to keep up with her. She is curvy. She is sexy and she is generous and loving as hell. And you gotta earn this. Yes. And he's like, all right, well, who would be Miss Catlin James' playmate? Huh, who's that guy? Oh, his name is Jake. 
And Jake is a college student, and he lives next door with his mama. And he shows up once in a while, and he offers to do favors for Ms. James. So Ms. James invites him over and says, hey, I need you to do a couple things in my house. He says, all right, what do you need, Ms. James? Anything for you. <laughs> all right, well, I need you to go up on that ladder and change some light bulbs and change my filters and all that stuff. And I said to him, so hey, Jake, how's it going in college? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you getting some major pussy or what? Oh, wow. <laughs> He's like, no. I said, excuse me? What do you mean, no? You are sexy as hell, and you ain't getting pussy thrown at you? He's like, yeah, I do, but I don't want it. I said, what do you mean you don't want it? He said, college girls are stupid. I said, what do you mean they're stupid? He said, they have no idea what they want. They are children. I don't want anything to do with those little girls. I want a woman. <laughs> cricket, cricket. And I said, well, what is it about older women that you like? And he turns to me, and when I tell you, he's got these baby blue eyes that just suck you in. And he stares dead at me. And he pauses. And he said, older women know what they want, and I love to please. Oh. Hello? Damn! So I try to gather myself. And I'm like, okay, wait, I'll be back. And I scurry off to the kitchen because I don't know what the hell to do with that. Like, oh my God, is he hitting on me? Is he just being sweet? Like, what's happening right now? So I go in the kitchen and I busy myself up. Ladies, you know what that's like, right? Like, I don't know, you're cleaning something. Ah. And he comes walking in the kitchen when he's done. And I'm saying to myself, okay, do I say anything now or do I just gloss over it? Like, what? Fuck it! This dude's hot! I'm gonna try to get me some of that. And I said, hey, Jake, I know exactly what I want. Would you like to learn? And again, blam, eye to eye. Yes, Miss James, I would love to please you. I'm saying, ladies, right? Like, who doesn't want to hear that shit? And here's the thing, that empowered woman that is desired by that young man stands before you today. And she fully gets that she doesn't need a college kid to tell her how hot she is. And this wonderful, entertaining lover that I have, we have discovered that there is not only Miss Catelyn James, or Miss James if you're nasty, but there is also Kitten, who likes to be loved by her daddy. There is also Catelyn, who just wants a fun little playmate and do each other's hair.
And he is all of that and more. And he has discovered Jake. He has discovered Jesse. He is discovering a whole new person when I strap into my strap on. Everyone, thank you very much. I am looking forward to being with all of you in the future and stand proud. Well, that's all for this first episode of the second season of the Four Play Go South podcast. Come tell me your story at my next live event at Petra's on November 15th. And don't forget to check the link in this show's notes to find out how you can schedule a virtual story recording session. This episode of Foreplay Go South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator Metanoia. These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information about Foreplay Goes South, follow us at Foreplay GS on Facebook, FetLife, Instagram, and Twitter.